The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Amen. This morning, I'm reading to you from Genesis. Would you open your Bibles to Genesis? Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And I want you to look at verse 1, 2, and 3. And here the Bible records in verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Now, if you flip over to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, and everything we see there in Genesis chapter 2 about the first Sabbath day is a picture of our Sabbath in Christ under the new covenant. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3 says, For we have believed do enter that rest. He has said, so I swore my wrath, they should not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. And you'll find this in Genesis, I'm sorry, uh, Psalms 95, where God swore that that first generation of Israelites that came out of Egypt would not enter the promised land. They would not enter into their rest because of their idolatry and their disobedience. Now, if you jump down to verse 10, now, let's look at verse 9. There there remains, therefore, a rest. Now, this is a Sabbath rest. Uh, most translations will render this verse. Therefore, remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Every one of us have a Sabbath rest in Christ. Verse 10 says, For he has entered his rest, has himself also ceased, from his works, as God did from his. So the first Sabbath day came after six days of creation. And the, and the word Sabbath simply means rest, and it means to cease from labor. God sanctified the Sabbath. He sanctified the Sabbath because he rested from all his works. Now, God did not rest on the Sabbath day, on that seventh day. He did not rest because he was tired. Listen to me. God rested because he was finished. He was finished and he was satisfied with all the works that he had created and made. And he looked at creation and said, it is very good. Amen. And so last week I was talking to you about, uh, well, I started talking about the Ten Commandments. And 
The fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments tells us you should remember the Sabbath day. In fact, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day. Now, God told Israel to keep a Sabbath day. And for Israel, this was the seventh day because that's the day God rested from all his works of creation. And he told Israel to do the same thing. But what is God saying to us in the New Testament? Now today I'm talking about the Lord of the Sabbath. The Lord of the Sabbath. So what does that, what does that fourth commandment mean for those of us that are in Christ? We're not under the law of Moses. But God says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So what does that mean for us? Well, for the Jews, it meant sanctifying the Sabbath day. You know, for the Jews, Saturday is their seventh day. The Sabbath day begins at Friday at 6 p.m. at sundown on Friday, and it ends at sundown on Saturday. And so the Jews are still revering and, and celebrating and keeping the Sabbath day as the seventh day of the week. But is there a Christian Sabbath? The Bible doesn't talk about, the New Testament doesn't talk about a Christian Sabbath. But it does talk about the Lord's Day. Now, many of us consider Sunday, the first day of the week, as the Christian Sabbath because Jesus rose from the dead on a Sunday, the first day of the week. And the Apostle John, when he was banished on the island of Patmos, Jesus appeared to him in a vision, and he provided this revelation to John, this revelation that we call the revelation and John said that he was in the Spirit when this happened. He said he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. When Jesus appeared to me and provided me this vision called the Revelation, it was on the first day of the week, and John called that first day of the week the Lord's Day. And so today we've gathered here to worship the Lord, to hear the Word of God preached, and this is the Lord's Day the Lord's Day. In fact, the first church I pastored, we listed our Sunday service as the Lord's Day service. And that's what it is, the Lord's Day. Now, so don't, don't try to split hairs arguing with people about the Sabbath day. It is true the Sabbath day is on Saturday. That's true. But the Lord's Day is on Sunday. Amen? And so don't waste your time arguing with people with seven-day Adventists or whoever they are. You know, if they say, well, we worship God on the Sabbath day and Sabbath day of Saturday, they're right about that. But we have now entered into the rest that Jesus Christ provides to us. And that was on a Saturday. But that day, began, that day ended with Jesus when he died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross, and then he rose from the dead. And the Bible tells us in the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter, that Mary Magdalene, she went to the place that Jesus had been laid and was on the first day of the week before the sun came out. It was still dark. And it was on the first day of the week and she discovered that Jesus had, had risen from the dead. 
That was on a Sunday. Then a week later, in John chapter 20, verse 19, here the disciples, Jesus' disciples, are assembled together behind closed doors in that upper room because of fear of the Jews, and all of a sudden Jesus shows up in the midst of them. The glorified Christ, he shows up in the midst of them, and he says, peace be unto you. That was on a Sunday. Then the following Sunday, which would have been 50 days from the time Jesus rose from the dead, is the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2. God poured out his spirit on the day of Pentecost, and that day of Pentecost happened to be on the first day of the week. So what's the significance behind all these first days? The resurrection. What's the significance behind Jesus first appearing to his disciples after his resurrection on the first day? What's the significance of the Holy Ghost being poured out upon the 120 in the upper room and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance that happened on the first day of Sunday? The significance is Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Huh? So as I said earlier, the Old Testament Sabbath under Moses is a picture, it's a picture of our rest in Jesus Christ who is the Lord of the Sabbath. So God told the children of Israel through Moses in the Ten Commandments to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So how do you remember the Sabbath day? Now, I've already established that it doesn't have to be Saturday. For us, it's Sunday. But the truth be told, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's every day. So the question I'm asking you is how do you remember the Sabbath day? This is what God said through Moses to say to the children of Israel. This was commandment number four. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. How do you keep the Sabbath day holy? How do you keep the Sabbath day holy? You keep the Sabbath day holy by doing good. And if we have our Sabbath in Jesus, Jesus is just not our Lord on Saturday. He's our Lord every day of the week. So how do we remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? We keep it holy by doing good. That's how you keep the Sabbath day. That's how you remember the Sabbath day. Now, Paul told the Colossians in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, he says, Let no man therefore judge you in food and in drink or with respect to holy days, the new, moon, the new moon and the Sabbath days. Please notice he said Sabbath days, plurals. Now, the Jews had more than one Sabbath day. They had a weekly Sabbath, but they also had an annual Sabbath. And the annual Sabbath occurred after the Passover. But Paul says, because Jesus is the Lord of our Sabbath, we should not let anyone judge us 
about what day we choose to worship. Don't let nobody judge you about what you eat or what you drink. Paul told the Colossians. He says, neither let them judge you about keeping the holy days or the new moon. In other words, the calendar. Some people celebrate different things on the calendar that other people don't. He says, don't let nobody judge you about that. He says, neither let them judge you about the Sabbath days. What we need to understand about this fourth commandment, to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy, that out of the Ten Commandments, that one commandment is distinctly different than the others. Now, I need you to listen to me. We must make a distinction between the moral commandments and the ceremonial commandment. None of the commandments were morally based. But that one commandment to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy, is ceremonial. Now, it should be intrinsic, intrinsically known, you know, based on the God of nature, nature's God, that is intrinsically wrong to have another God before God. Commandment number one. It should be intrinsically wrong to make an idol for yourself. See, these all has to do with your morality. It should be intrinsically known that you don't use the, the name of the Lord in vain. Now, let's just put a pin in that fourth commandment and keep going. Then we get to the fifth commandment. It, it, it should be second nature for all of us to respect our father and our mother. And this is what God told them to do in the fifth commandment. Then the sixth, the sixth commandment says, you shall not murder, thou shall not kill. Everybody should know that. Everybody should have some level of morality not to take another life. Then that Sabbath commandment, do not commit adultery. The eighth commandment, do not steal. The ninth commandment, do not lie and bear false witness. The tenth commandment, do not covet your neighbor's stuff. Those nine commandments has to do with our morality. But that one commandment, commandment number four, that God says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, that's ceremonial. Jesus is the end of the ceremony. Jesus, Paul told the Romans, that Jesus Christ is the end of the law to everyone who believes. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. In the Gospels, Matthew 12, Mark 2, Luke 6, each of these writers record this particular situation where it was on the Sabbath day that Jesus and his disciples were walking through the cornfields and his disciples were hungry. So they began to pluck corn and eat it. The Pharisees saw it and they said to Jesus, why do your disciples do that which is unlawful? Well, the law said, and 
Exodus chapter 31, verse 15, that if you did any work on the Sabbath day, that you were worthy of death. So these religious people, not only did they want to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill his disciples. But the law provided that you could pluck corn or anything from your neighbor's vineyard or your neighbor's field as long as you didn't put a sickle to it and as long as you didn't try to load it into a sack. It was permissible under the law. So the Pharisees has taken this to say, why are you working on the Sabbath day? And they called plucking corn, they looked at it as harvesting. And peeling the corn back, they looked at that as threshing. And harvesting and threshing is work. They're nitpicking. And they're saying these people ought to die. So here's what Jesus said to them. And this is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus said to them, have you not read what David did? You know, David, the one you revere. David, the one you talk so much about. Have you not read what David did? How David and those that were with him, they went into the house of God and they ate the showbread, the bread of presence that only the priest was allowed to eat. Jesus said, have you not read that? Then he went on to say, have you not read in your own law? How did every Sabbath day, the priest profane the Sabbath through the work of worship and through the work of offering sacrifices? But yet you hold the priest guiltless and they're working on the Sabbath day. I need to stay with me on this. Jesus went on to say, there is one in this place who's greater than the temple. He says, I am the one. I am greater than the temple. And he said, if you understood any of this, I would have had mercy, not sacrifice. I would have had mercy upon you and not sacrifice. And he says, the son of man, the son of man is the Lord of the Sabbath. So why are you holding them to be guilty? for doing something on the Sabbath day that was based out of a need. They were hungry. When David did it, you didn't have a problem with it. When he ate the forbidden showbread that only the priest supposed to eat. Why do you have a problem with it? When your own priest profaned the Sabbath, every time on the Sabbath day they offer worship or they offer sacrifice. Why do you, why do you want to hold my disciples Guilty when you held David and your priest guiltless. Jesus says, there is one right here in this place who is greater than the temple. And if you understood that, I would have had sacrifice. I would have preferred mercy rather than sacrifice because I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. So what was he saying? Jesus had the authority to overrule any of the Pharisees' traditions, any of their laws, because he was the one who created the Sabbath. And the one who creates the Sabbath, the creator of the Sabbath, is always greater than the created. So is it a sin? 
Is it a sin to work on the Sabbath, to do other things on the Sabbath? Remember what Paul told the Corinthians. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Pharisees want to kill, but Jesus says, I'm going to give my disciples life. I'm not going to condemn them or hold them guilty because they're hungry and they decide to eat. They decide to pick some corn on the Sabbath day and eat it. See, the latter kills. That's what religion does. It kills us. But it's the spirit that gives life. And we must keep the spirit of the Sabbath, not only on the Sabbath, not only the Lord's day, but every day. So is it wrong to work on the Sabbath day or to participate in other activities on the Sabbath day? I remember growing up in a religious background. My mother did not wash on Sundays because that was the Lord's day. And we were supposed to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I wasn't allowed to play cards on Sunday. Weren't allowed to listen to blues, they called them blues back then, blues records on Sundays because that was supposed to be in the Lord's Day. Couldn't go to the movies on Sunday because that was supposed to be in the Lord's Day. But remember, the letter killeth, but the Spirit give life. So is it a sin to work on a Sunday? Do you ever notice when you go in a store on a Sunday how crowded it is? And I assure you, Everybody in that store are not unbelievers. A lot of believers doing this shopping on Sunday. A lot of you are going to catch up on your, your laundry today. Some of you are going to do some things today that you felt like you didn't have time to get to during the week. So is it a sin? Is it a sin to work on the Sabbath day? Or you want to call it your Christian Sabbath, the Lord's day? Is it a sin? to participate in other activities. And you brothers better be hoping it's not sin because this football season has started. A lot of games come out on Sunday. So is that a sin? Huh? Listen to me. No, it isn't a sin. To do something on Sunday out of need or even out of want. It isn't a sin. Why? Because Jesus Christ, our Lord, he values people over laws, rules, and regulations. He values you more than the old Mosaic law. And that's what he's trying to tell the Pharisees. Don't hold my disciples guilty because this is about mercy. Jesus Christ himself, he puts compassion and mercy and grace. He puts that before rules, regulation, and laws. I've told you many times, or at least some of you, it's important to have guidelines, but you don't serve the guidelines. The guidelines must serve you. So we are free in Christ not only to worship on a Sunday, we are free 
to work on a Sunday if we felt like it has to be done today. You're even free to go home and watch television today. You're free to do that. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath and we have entered our Sabbath rest in Christ. We rest in him the same way God rested in creation. At the sixth stage of creating the heavens and earth, on that seventh day, God rested because he looked at what he had done and says, I am finished, I'm satisfied, and everything I've done is very good. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that Old Testament completion. And now we rest in that. We rest in that by keeping him in the center of everything we do. We acknowledge God in all of our ways. We don't leave God at church so that we can leave here and go shopping. No, we leave here, we go shopping, and we take him with us. This is remembering the Sabbath. Christ, Lord of the Sabbath. Glory to God. Today, you're free to work in your yards. You're free to work on your cars, whatever you have to do. Because Jesus is Lord over it all. Now, in closing, let me say this. Let me say this. God instituted the Sabbath for man's benefit, not for man's bondage. Don't allow anyone or even yourself to put your own self in bondage because you regard this day as the Sabbath day. When Paul says, let no man judge you and and food or drink and, or respect of the holy days or the new moon or the Sabbath, he means you don't judge yourself either. You don't judge yourself either. So the Sabbath is for your benefit, not for your bondage. So when it seems like, when it, when it seems like there's always something to do and never enough time to rest and, or it seems like never enough time to get everything done, you got to remember, he who gave the commandment in the first place is Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath day was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So God created Adam and Eve before he ever gave Moses the commandment to remember a Sabbath day to keep it holy. Again, this was a picture of what our rest would be in, in Jesus Christ. And we saw from Hebrews, we saw that if we really believe that God rested on that seventh day, if we really believe that, then we've also entered into that same rest. Hebrews says the works have been finished before the foundation of the world. This is the vantage point we have to live from. We can't live from the vantage point that God's going to do something. He's going to do it. No, he's already done it. He's already done it. See, the works were finished before the foundation of the world. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.